Trumpets 12. How are we doing tonight? Doing all right? Well, welcome to Ace 12. If you're new, we're glad that you're here. We want to welcome you here. I'm glad you made us a part of your Tuesday night. I'm JC, if you don't know me. Um, I'm JC, if you don't know me. Um, I'm a resident here. I serve with Koi and Derek. I'm just kind of leading this ministry. Uh, Call it to Koi. That's probably going to be the only shout out to Koi that you get this whole sermon. So just had to call it to my bro. Um, He's still here after being sick. It's a blessing to have him here. We've been going through a series called the King Series. Um, It's about kings that you probably never heard the name of. Uh, So Derek talked about this guy named Jehoshaphat who had the longest name and the weirdest name. And I pray for his mom for giving him that name. Um, And then this week we're going to be talking about a kid named Josiah. Um, And I mean kid. We'll talk about that a little later. Yeah, it's going to be good. There we go. Josiah Hardy over here. Um, Not him, though. It's not going to be him. There's an actual king. So I want to get you guys to know a little bit about me before I get started because most of y'all don't know a lot about me. Uh, Most of y'all kind of just know my name. Some of y'all know a little bit more than others. But I was born and bred in Michigan. I lived up there for 18 years. We got some Michigan people. Um, Michigan State is killing it in football, so that's a blessing. Um, Sorry, y'all Georgia fans. Uh, and uh, so that's always good. It's always good to have some hometown rep. Uh, I, I, uh, I grew up in a Catholic family. I got to go to a, a high school that was a Christian high school. Um, my family didn't know too much about God. And so when I went to this Christian high school, uh, I was kind of confused. Had some friends there wanted to play soccer. That's all I cared about uh, was the soccer team. And I was just a soccer junkie. That's what I did. All the sports junkies out here, y'all know how I feel. Um, but... We just had a, an awesome time to hang out with my friends. And I got to go to this high school but didn't really care about God. Halfway through my high school experience, so where some of you all are, sophomore, between sophomore and junior year, um, my friends, like, all started to, like, like this Jesus guy. And it was just weird. And I didn't know what to do with him. He was just kind of weird to me. And I was getting frustrated because it seemed like he was stealing my friends. And I thought that I was, like, losing something. And they were thinking that they were gaining something. And I was like, what the heck? This is just not working out for me. So we kind of, I wrestled with that a little bit. I was wondering if I was going to buy into it. One of my friends invites me to a retreat uh, the end of that summer. And my thoughts of retreats were like, um, like snowboarding down a hill or like soccer camp or um, like the one retreat I went with with him. Like I got held up by my heel by a leader because I was the annoying seventh grader that kept on putting my foot in his face. Um, and that's just what I did. And I was, I was dumb, but I was, now I was a junior, so that was a little different. I was like, yeah, let's check it out. I got nothing going this week. He was like, it's 120 bucks. I'm like, that's cute. I don't got 120 bucks. You kidding me? I'm a junior. I don't work. I just play soccer. Doesn't earn me money yet. You don't understand this concept. And he was like, no, no, no. Like, it's 120 bucks. I'm like, that's awesome. You keep on saying that, but I can't go. And uh, eventually I was like, here's what you can do. If you can get me there, I'll show up and I'll come. And so he talked to some people at his church, got me to go on this retreat. It was a great time. I got to shut off my cell phone, disconnected from my girlfriend, my friends, everyone, and just kind of got to listen to God. That's kind of how I became a Christian was that weekend. I got baptized at the end of that weekend. It was a super big blessing in my life. Um, But then the next two years is really what I want to talk about. Because I knew who to follow, but I didn't know how to follow God. And that was the biggest problem with my next two years. See, I wanted to follow God. I wanted to chase after Jesus, but I wasn't I didn't know how to. People kept on telling me that you're supposed to be free. You're supposed to be new. You're supposed to, you're made new in Christ. So why am I being tempted? Like, you're, you're a brand new creation. 
why am I seeing barriers in front of me that are stopping me from knowing God? I got stuck in this tension. Like, I knew who I wanted to follow, but I couldn't get to where I wanted to follow. I didn't know how to do that. And um, this tension showed up in, in a lot of different places in my high school career, and it, it probably shows up in a lot of different places in your high school career. Um, and it might be showing up in your spiritual walk, but I'm going to give you a couple other examples. So a lot of us are athletes. Where are my athletes in the house? Okay, there you are. All y'all want to be on the varsity team at high school, right? Some of y'all are. And that's what you guys shoot for. That's what y'all shoot for is the varsity team in high school. But as a freshman, I can wait. As a freshman, as a freshman, y'all don't know how to get there. Y'all are just like, I work hard and hopefully I'll show up there. And some freshmen show up there and some freshmen don't. And it's because they don't know what to do to get there and they don't always have the right coaches. Y'all will put all the effort in y'all still have as much passion for football as ever, but you might be sitting on the bench watching your friends play because you didn't do, know how to get there. Another way we do this is in, in studying and in school. We, we want an A, we want the 4.0 so we can get a scholarship because that's helpful when you want to go to college. And yet we don't figure out how to study correctly. Or we forget to sleep, which actually makes us forget things. Or we don't do our homework and so we don't know how to do it on a test. And, and we take a ton of time, but it's, and we're passionate about that A, but we don't know how to get the A. We're not there yet. There's a couple other areas we do this. One is in our relationships. See, we all, some of us want a girl. Guys, hopefully, just guys. Guys want the girl and girls want the guy. And we shoot for a relationship, and that's what we shoot for. And in that, we don't know how to, some guys, some girls don't know how to start a relationship. Nevertheless, talk to like someone of the opposite gender. Um, Hopefully you're past that stage. If you're not, go talk to Derek. He'll help you out. Um, he got married, so he must have figured out something. Uh, but some of us, when we get into relationships, we, we start doing the wrong thing. We start buying into the wrong thing. See, we're so passionate about being in the relationship that when we're in the relationship, we don't know how to manage it. Sometimes we get too physical. Sometimes we get too emotionally involved. Okay. Um, sometimes we start losing our friends and we can't figure it out. See, we know what we want to follow, but we're not sure how to follow it at times. And I think that a lot of, a lot of this can be seen in what we see in the story of Josiah um, and that we're going to be looking at here shortly. And I think that the answers to some of this question of we know who we want to follow, but how do we follow? We don't always know how to follow. And I think we'll see this a little bit in this story. So if you want to turn there with me, you can grab your Bibles. They're underneath your chair. Or you can pull out your phone. I'll give you a chance to pull out your phone. You can look at it on your phone. I do hope that you're just looking at the Bible. It's up to you. That's an integrity test. So, um, <laughs> but we're going to be going to 2 Kings uh, chapter 22. 2 Kings chapter 22. And it's page 388. Page 388 in the Bible underneath your chair. If you have your own Bible, I don't know what page it is. Um, 2 Kings chapter 22. While you're getting there, I want to give you a little bit of backstory. So there's this kid named Josiah, and I keep on calling him a kid for a reason. We'll get there. But his father and his grandfather were kings before him. And his grandfather was the worst king of all. He, uh, he led the nation into a time of, of idolatry, a time of following false gods, a time of building these poles where they, they would 
do detestable acts to worship gods. They were just doing all sorts of stuff. There was false priests. There was everything that you could imagine would push a kingdom into darkness. And his son picked up the throne right after his father and followed suit. Because he didn't know any better. His son was raised in it. And you would think that Josiah would do the same thing. Here's the unique part about Josiah. His father, his father got killed. And then the killers of his father got killed. So it's just a big killing game right now. And then those guys decided, hey, let's put Josiah on the throne. So Josiah, a king of Judah, the southern kingdom, like Derek talked about last week, a little bit about last week. There's a northern kingdom, a southern kingdom. The northern kingdom died. Uh, they got conquered. So there was just a southern kingdom, Judah. Josiah got put on top of the kingdom. And you would think that, like, as bad as it is, it couldn't get much more, like, worse for Josiah. And then we kind of read um, in 2 Kings chapter 22. And we're going to read verse 1 and verse 2. And it says, Josiah was eight years old when he became king and reigned in Jerusalem for 31 years. It talks a little bit about his mother. I'm going to skip that part. And then it goes to verse 2. And it says, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. Did anyone catch the first part? Why am I calling him a kid? He's eight. He's eight. Now close your eyes. Just bear with me. Close your eyes. Think about yourself at eight. Right. Right. All right, so who's brave enough to admit they still pick their nose at eight? Okay. This is this is gonna pull you out a little bit. Who's brave enough to admit that they were still who's brave enough to admit that they were still wetting their bed at eight? There it is. You got a couple people. I hope you all fix that. I hope that's not an issue anymore. I don't know how to help you. Stop drinking water before bed or something. I just I'm not sure. This was the guy, this was the kid that was over a kingdom. Now think of the president as an eight-year-old. Okay, kid president. So we got kid president over here. It's just not looking good for the kingdom. Like you're just like you're going downhill quick. You're just going downhill quick. And, and we find out that even further, it goes even further where we, it goes into verse 8 and it says, The high priest um, said to the secretary, I found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He found the book of the law. Now, if you don't know what the book of the law is, it's their Bible. It's the first five books of our Bible. And he found it. That means that it was lost. He lost the Bible. Now, in today's world, like, Bibles are readily available. All y'all have one. In that world, it was the only one, and it was in the temple. And it was lost. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. See, Josiah, at eight years old, said he was going to follow the Lord. And so he didn't know how to follow him. He just knew who he was going to follow. This is what Josiah's tension was. I'm going to follow God, but I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to follow him. And in himself, he kept on following the Lord, but he never knew what to do until about this moment when he cleaned out the temple and he found the word of God. And chaos starts going out and amazing things start happening. Here's, here's just another clip of what happens in, in, in verse 11 of chapter 22. It says, when the king heard the word of the book of the law, he tore his robes. This is a humbling act, tearing your robes. Now, I'm not going to give you a visual, but essentially what it was, okay, I'm going to give you a visual. Yeah. So essentially what it was is it's not like just like the, like the wrestler, like tearing your shirt off. 
It's like when you tear your robes off, it's like everything. And you just got like your sackcloth underneath and you're hoping that it stays on. And like this is what he does. And he does it in front of his like in front of people that he was ruling over. That's a humbling act. That's saying, God, something is wrong. There's a disconnect and I'm not there. He was convicted by the word of God. See, he didn't have it for so long. So when he heard it, it impacted his life dramatically. And it didn't only impact his life. See, after he got it, after he was questioning the word, after he was wondering what was going to happen with it, he, he found out that it was truly the word, and, and he moved on to the next part, which was he gathered people together. He gathered all the leaders, and the leaders gathered everyone else. And he, he did this. The, the king stood, and in, in chapter 23, if you're still looking with me, you don't have to follow, but in chapter 23, verse 3, it says, The king stood by the pillars and renewed his covenant in the presence of the Lord. He, uh, before everyone around him, before a nation that was in darkness, before all the leaders that were in darkness, who were, who were living lives that weren't honoring to God, who were worshiping false idols, who were going to false gods' temples, doing many other detestable acts, he said, I'm going to follow this God. And he went before them and said, I'm going to follow him. And you can choose to do what you want to do, but this nation is going to follow him too. And they end up doing so. And, and at this point, you're wondering why I'm telling you this story. And, and there's one last verse that I want to read to you guys. And it's, I think it's the most impactful verse. And I think this is the majority of where um, it comes out of. And it's in chapter 23, verse 25. And it says, it says this. It says, Neither before nor after Josiah there was a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did, with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his strength, in accordance to the law of Moses. Josiah learned a profound truth that day. He said he learned that God wanted, didn't want him to know about him. He wanted to, him to be more for him. He didn't want him to know more about him. He wanted to be more for him. And he learned this truth. And what it ended up doing was it made him rise above many other kings. And you look at the list of kings. You got King David. Who knows about King David? Anyone heard about King David? A stud. Absolute stud. His, his subtitle was... His subtitle was... Um, a man who followed after God's own heart. And Josiah was followed after God even more. You got King Solomon, who was the wisest man in the world. One would think he'd be able to follow after God pretty well, too. And yet, it says Josiah followed after God even more than that king. And several kings after him who were good, such as Jehoshaphat and, and Rehoboam II, and other kings with many other names. And, and he did follow after God. This is what God is calling us to, and this is what I think the truth that we need to hear, is that a lot of us in here, we, we know who to follow. A lot of us in here are Christians. I'm not saying everyone, and we'll, get about, we'll talk about that in a sec, but a lot of us in here are Christians. We know who we're following, but how many of you know how to follow him? This story is long. It's, a, it's about a nameless king who we don't know much about. And I want to get to the application points. But before we get there, I need you to understand this truth. And this is, this is the main point of the message. You can write this down. It says, Jesus came so that, um, not that you would know more about him, but that you would be more. Jesus didn't come so that we would know more, but Jesus came so that we could be more. Jesus didn't come so that we could know more. Jesus came so that we could be more. It's the most important thing because this message is going to relate to a lot about the word. And I don't want you to look at the word outside of this context. Jesus doesn't want you to know more. He wants you to be more. That's why he came. 
He called Josiah to a better life, to be the best king that Judah has ever seen, to be the best king that the nation of Israel has ever seen. Not because he knew more about the word. That was Solomon. That was David. David wrote half of it. But because he was going to be more. So how does this look like in our lives? Well, we have three kind of action steps. They're right there on your page. I'm not going to give you them all at once. We're going to go through them one at a time. But with Josiah, what it started out with is he didn't have the word. See, we know who to follow, but we don't know how to follow. So where do you go? You got to be conscious of the word. You got to be conscious of the word. What do I mean by this? Is a conscious, that's such an abstract word. Do you know where answers are? If you don't know where answers are, they're in the word. They're in the, the word of God. They're in the Bible. Your truth is, that's in the Bible. You might not be an expert on everything, but the Bible has the truth you need to hear. This is, this is the trick that Josiah had to get to. This is the trick that we have to get to is, is are we going to be conscious of the word? See, a lot of us are willing to follow after God and know who he is and try to chase after him. But some of us don't even know where to find truth about him. And so when we're passionately seeking him and, and our, all our passions are going crazy, we end up losing our, or giving our passions to random things that don't even have to follow after God, thinking that we're chasing after him. We're going to be conscious of the word. Some of us need to get to this step. Some of us need to move to this step where it's, it's committing to the word. And what I mean by committing to the word is not read your Bible every day, though that's a great place to shoot for because some of us aren't there. Committing to the word is simply opening it and reading the truth. Or, like Josiah first heard it, was he listened to the truth. See, it's one thing to be conscious of it and know where truth is, but it's another thing to read it or listen to it. Now, let me talk about listening to it real quick. Some of y'all have, uh, have pen, paper in your hand. Others of y'all have phones in your hands. <laughs> and all the people who have phones in their hands just put them away really quickly because they're thinking I'm going to call, call them out. What I'm saying is that you can listen to the word on your phone. Josiah, the first way he got to listen to the Bible, or got to, got to interact with the Bible at all, he heard it. And then it changed him. Now, this is something that I see pretty common at Mountain View High School. I'm sure it's probably common at other high schools. Um, shout out to Mountain View, just because that's my high school. I love them. There we go. Um, during lunch, during lunch, people have headphones in. During lunch, people have headphones in. What are you listening to? Don't tell me. You know your answer. Don't tell me. What are you listening to, though? Because at that point, you have an opportunity to interact with the Word of God. It's as simple as that. Now, some of us go a step further, and we have our headphones in, and our teachers are teaching. Now, if you do that, you probably shouldn't be doing that. If you're going to do it, probably quit it out and actually listen to the teacher. But if I can't stop you, which I'm assuming that I can't, what are you using that time for? See, there's an app on your phone called the YouVersion app. You might have heard it talked about before. You have, might have it on your phone already. If you don't, download it in connection groups. Write it down on the sheet of paper and get it in your phone because that's a way to interact with the Bible that's so readily available. You think that um, the Bible is something physical that you have to pick up and carry around, but it doesn't have to be something that's just the Bible. It can be in your phone, and it can be readily accessible. And it doesn't have to be a ton. 
Committing to the word doesn't mean you have to read the whole book of Job. It's like 40 chapters, and you'll get bored. You just will. And you'll get confused, and it won't, it won't speak to you because you'll be frustrated that you're just forcing yourself to read it. And that's where it comes back to Jesus wants to, you not to know more, but to be more. It's the purpose of reading the Bible. It's for you to go from knowing more to being more. So will you commit to reading it? Will you commit to opening it? Will you commit to letting it be a part of your life? Will it become a part of your school day for some of us? Or will it be something that you listen to on the, on the bus ride to school or the car ride to school? Or will it be something that you open in the, at, at night? Or will it be something that you open in the morning? Will you listen to it during class? Try to pay attention during class, but if you're not going to, at least use it for something productive. So we got being conscious of the word. We got being committed to the word. These are three different steps. The last one is, is being changed by the word. This is the biggest step that Josiah took, and this is the biggest step that we're going to have to take in our hearts. And it's the next step beyond it. And some of us are just conscious of the word. We know where truth is, and we need to move to just being committed to it, reading it, opening it, checking it out, letting truth flow over us, letting us soak in it. But some of us are at that point where we're, we're reading the word, but... We're, we're like in James, um, James 2 where it says, um, like, a, like a reflection in a mirror, when you walk away, you forget it. So are you like reading the word and then walking away and forgetting what you read? And, and sometimes we are here, and this isn't a bad place to be. Some of us need to be here to start. And this is just the next step for you if you're already there is will you be changed by the word? Will you let it change the way you live? Now, let me illustrate this a little better with our, our hometown Falcons. Let me illustrate it. I know you might not like them. Okay, whatever, whatever football team you think of, whatever football team you think of, just let it be that team. Let it be that team. Now, you got a whole team of players. you got a whole team of players, and they're here, and they're, they're, they're on a team to play football. And you got a coach that gives them a playbook. you got a coach that gives them a playbook. Being conscious of the playbook means I know where I'm supposed to be reading. This is the quarterback speaking. I know where I'm supposed to be reading, but I'm just going to do my own thing. Being committed to the playbook is opening the playbook. But being changed by the playbook is actually doing what you want to do. Now imagine the Atlanta Falcons looking at their playbook and saying, man, I think I could do better. I think if we all do our own thing, we could do better. Yeah. And so you get a linebacker playing center, and you get a center playing quarterback, and you get a quarterback playing wide receiver, and you got some janky things going on. That doesn't even work well. Sometimes we do this in a. Sometimes we do this in in other areas, such as uh, our school life. Sometimes we look at this in our school life, where we we know and we're we're watching our grades, but we don't always let that change the way we're studying or the way we're living. Sometimes we do it in our relationships lives where we're with our significant other and we see problems happening here, but we don't change to, to chase after God more and out of God's love for us, love each other. Sometimes it happens in our friendships where we see problems happening and we're very content with them happening. We know they're happening. We're very conscious of them. We're committed to the friendship, but we're not willing to then change to make things a little better. The Bible isn't about knowing more. It's not about just the knowledge. It's about being more. That's what Jesus wants for us. So what step are you at? 
Where are we? Where are we at? Some of us, some of us are here. Josiah, age six or age eight. I know who I'm going to follow. I don't know how to. Awesome. There's a Bible underneath your seat. If you don't have one, that's yours to take. We'd love to give that to you. Write your name in it. Decorate it. Whatever you want to do. Girls, you decorate it. Guys, like, I don't know, rip it up. Like, rip up the cover, and then you can make it look cool. I don't know. Whatever you guys do. And that can be yours. That's your way to be conscious of the Bible. You know it's there. You know truth is there. Take it. I want you to have truth. Some of us are here. We know where the Bible is. We have one. We, we know truth is there. We know where it's at actively, and we have the version app or whatever. And sometimes the people here just maybe need to take one more step. One more step in being committed to it and, and looking at what it looks like to read the Bible or what it looks like to listen to the Bible. You don't have to commit to a long time. I was listening on a 20-minute run. I listened to 14 psalms. One of those psalms was 37 seconds. This is the best psalm in the world. One, because it was short and I could keep focused on it. And two, because it was really good. Psalm 1. Love that psalm. Some of us need to get here where we just take 30. 37 seconds out of our day and let the word wash over us. Some of us might need to go a little further and take, you know, three or four days a week. Some of us might need to go a little further and take all seven days a week. Some of us might need help in this, and so we get an accountability partner and we, we text them a word that we got from that day, just a verse that we were reading. And y'all just text verses back and forth, and it's a we like it's a, everyone like when they go in and read your messages, they're like, you guys like talk, or do you just text back verses? Like, what happens? Some of y'all do that in your groups already. Got to hear a cool story about that. Some of us are here, and are committed to the word, and and don't really, don't really let it change us. We hear it, we know what it says, we we have a lot of it in our hearts. We we kind of are convicted by it, but we're like, eh. It's a good playbook. I think I could write a better one. And so we still live by my life, my rules, rather than letting it be God's life, God's rules. Each step is important. See, this step took me from knowing who I wanted to follow to knowing or being conscious of the word took me about two years. This step, another year and a half. This step, Shortly after that. But each step is important. And don't feel like you have to come from just knowing who you want to follow, but not knowing how to all the way to being changed by the word. That's, that's a drastic step. But what you've got to keep in mind through all of this is that Jesus wants not you to know more about him, but he wants you to be more. And that has to be the truth that goes throughout your whole Bible experience. That has to be the truth going through all of reading of Scripture. It's from knowing more to being more. And so um, I want to give you guys a chance to respond. And I'm, I'm going to call the band back up here uh, a little early. And they're, they're gonna, we're going to end a little early. But uh, I want to give you guys a chance to respond. And here's the response. It's, it's if you're here and you know who you want to follow, but you're not sure how to follow, cool, be conscious of him. And take that step tangibly with the Bible of ours. We'd love for that to be a part of yourself, um, your possession and be, be near you and always near you. If it's, if it's here and you're conscious of the word, what's the next step for you to be committed to it? And, and I would say if you're going to take this step, cool, find someone to tell. 
find a friend to be like, hey, man, like, I want to be more committed to the word. Awesome. Now you guys have a set of accountability. What do you want to do with it? I want to be more from it. Cool. Let's open it once a week. Let's open it five times a week, whatever that looks like for you. And others of us from here need to move to here where it's like, hey, I'm committed to the word, but I need to be changed by the word. And some of you just need to go before the throne and say, God, I, I have spent my entire time in the Bible wanting to know more, but not wanting to be more. Spent my entire time in the Bible just trying to gain information. But please change me from what it's saying. Help me be changed by it. See, and the coolest part about this whole thing is that Josiah was 28 and one person. And he changed the nation. And not only did he change the nation, he changed the area around him. We have the awesome opportunity of 200 plus people being in here to change our kingdoms. To take the next step move one step closer to God, to move out of just knowing who we want to follow and letting our passion drive us, but moving from knowing more to being more for God and letting that impact us forever. And not only letting that impact us, but letting it impact the people around us. Father, I just thank you so much for this time. I thank you for the blessing that this is to me and the blessing that this is to everyone that's here. Jesus, I ask that you continue to speak to us, that we are able to stay in your presence as we go through this service, that you move powerfully in our hearts and that we're willing and able to take the next step, whatever that is, small, large, doesn't matter. It's always one more step towards you. That's what you love, that's what you care about. Jesus, we love you, we care about you. We pray this in your name, Jesus.